Yo, today's QOD is there's ability to buy and willingness to buy. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Finance Friday episode where we talk about all things money mindset. We've got the great Dan Kennedy on the show today. You know, right now, because the economy is so uncertain, we're dealing with uncertainty. And we are starting to wonder, especially uh, entrepreneurs, we're starting to wonder about our prices. So as people are losing money, they're making less money, they're spending more money because of inflation, are our prices too high? Should we reduce our prices in order to fit the economy? And I'm sure a lot of us are wondering about that. So I wanted to have this clip of Dan Kennedy today because he's going to drop some, his best, some of his best advice on how to price your products and your services in a down economy. This is huge. Listen to this one a couple of times. Also, check out the entire talk. I'll give you the information for that on the other side of this clip. Dan Kennedy is coming up. So, Dan, you know, in this economy, man, more and more people are price sensitive than ever before. What advice do you have to the um, business person, the salesperson who's running into price objections? You know, I just, from your city, New York, there's some very well-known, I just showed it when I spoke in Philadelphia, there's some very well-known high-end uh, fashion store, the name now escapes me, and um, they got a big sign in their window, and it's like, um, lambskin jacket, pre-recession price, $3,200, recession price, $3,200, right? And, and they actually got flack for it in the media for being you know, insensitive to people's trauma. But the guy said it also brought in a lot of people who bought $3,200 jackets, including people who found that funny. Uh, The first piece of advice I have is not to run from price. Um, Even the mid-range companies that have done it have made a mistake. So like, um, I I just saw the number. I think in the last quarter of last year, they managed to lose $502 million. Right. which I'm not sure you, I don't know if you can recover from that. I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, and in part, the way they lost the money is to keep their traffic up, their body count up, they ran from price um, at the first real whiff of diminishing traffic. And they did all these, you know, two, peop- two people, three things for you know, 1295 kind of stuff. They've now course corrected a little. If you look at their most current advertising, it's like 10 meals under $15 or something. But they went even further initially. And so all their overhead stayed the same, all their staffing stayed the same, all their body count stayed the same, but their profit disappeared, right? So uh, the first advice I have is always not run from price in the face of 
anticipated or even real price resistance, right? And then I think it is about selling to the right person and selling the right proposition. So in off-camera earlier, we at the lunch table, we talked a little bit about this. I mean, at the top end now, one of the things that's been going on most recently with the really affluent buyers is they're still spending, but they don't want to be perceived as insensitive in their spending. So they have to be given a good rationale for why it's okay to buy this thing, especially if it is premium priced or luxury goods or high-end service or whatever. They now need more rationale. Um, and I think you come all the way down to the mass affluent with that, with the, if you will, the middle class buyer who is very sensitive. So now they're ready to get their kitchen redone. And they have the money to get their kitchen redone. But a new obstacle to them getting the kitchen redone is their neighbor, their friend who lives diagonally across the street, lost his job two months ago and is telling them when they visit together of their financial woes and the other neighbor four doors down on this side who has play dates with them with their kids, uh, they're like a month away from foreclosure and are in conversation about that. So now this customer who wants to get their kitchen done has the financial wherewithal to get their kitchen done, but now doesn't want to get their kitchen done because they feel bad about these two neighbors and how these two neighbors will feel about them getting their kitchen done. So that's a, it's a price issue, but it's really not a price issue, right? It's a, do I spend or not spend, and how do I feel, how do I make myself feel okay about that decision? Um, somebody sent me, and I may now not get the number exactly right, but it's like the request from the Rodeo Drive merchants is now up 500% for home deliveries. Okay? Because It's not that they're not in their buy-in, they just don't want to be seen walking down Rodeo Drive with a bunch of bags. So they want the stuff delivered to their house sort of surreptitiously so they're not making a big show of buying. Uh, it's a big problem for the car business. Think about it. Same as the kitchen example. So it's not necessarily that somebody doesn't want to buy a car, can't get financed or objects to the price, but they got three neighbors on their street who lost their jobs and are in trouble, and now they're not so sure they want to drive home into their driveway in a new Escalade. So, Price objections have never really been about price 90% of the time, and they're still not really about price. So they're usually about something else, right? So typically, value proposition, not right. Trying to sell to the wrong person. So we're, like, trying to convince Derek that he ought to be interested in this thing he's really not interested in. And we have him in some selling environment where we're able to try and sell to him. And so, but he's really not interested in this thing. He was the wrong prospect in the first place. But price is an easy way to get out of the whole discussion. So unless I'm wrong, and sometimes now I can't tell, but my guess is that's not a real expensive watch, is it? Okay, I didn't think so, okay? So since since Derek dressed up for the meeting today, but he still wore his 
one step above, you know, CVS Pharmacy's Timex watch on sale thing. It's a, re it's a, it's a reasonable conclusion. Derek doesn't give a rat's ass about fancy watches. That just doesn't interest him. He doesn't interest me either. I don't even wear one at all. But so that's not a big thing to him, right? So if we got Derek in a selling environment and we try and sell him a Rolex, okay, or we try and sell him a tag, it's not his thing. So somehow we got the wrong guy in our store, and we're spending time now trying to convince him that he ought to have this great watch, and he was really the wrong prospect in the first place. But the easiest way for him to escape the conversation is sometimes price, right? And so it, it, it's so rarely really a price issue. Now, admittedly, as we do this, we're not yet into what I call the emerging new economy. We're in transition, and the transition is a little ugly and painful and nasty, right? More for some people than others. But so is it a more sensitive issue? Sure. So ordinarily, in most categories, it's only about 10% to no more than 20%, but usually about 10% of the market that makes their buying decisions predominantly on price, especially in the absence of other information. And that's usually people who have no choice, right? So my example always is the single working mom with three kids to feed and a mortgage and a deadbeat husband who hasn't paid the child support in six months and she works in a low-wage job. She buys whatever soup is on sale that she's got a coupon for. Uh, whether she likes it, whether she'd rather have Progresso, doesn't make any difference. She's buying whatever soup's on sale because she has no choice, right? And we're not really going to budge her with any argument about how much better this other soup is. It doesn't have MSG in it, and it's made with organic ingredients, and the chicken in it only died of natural causes after long happy lives none of that none of that is going to motivate her to buy the more expensive better soup because she can't okay? but that's only about 10 percent of the marketplace so even if we speculate that under current circumstances it's 20 percent of the marketplace even if we say in a given category it's 30 percent of the marketplace the first answer is not to be selling to her Right? To, to recalibrate who it is that we sell to, so they at least, let me say it to you this way. In every sale, there's two big factors, ultimately, when it comes to close. There's ability to buy and willingness to buy, right? So we don't want both handicaps. So. It's bad enough we have to deal with willingness and get good enough to create willingness. We don't want to fight inability. So the first sort of objective is not to be selling to somebody who can't. Okay? Then we only have to deal with willingness. We don't have to deal with ability. So I think that, um, that recession or no, depression or no, you know, there's a segment of the marketplace for every product or service who will not let price govern their choices and does not have to let price govern their choices. You know, the person that makes 
$50,000 a year and just had their 401k turn into a 101k. And, you know, that's like really meaningful to them. The person who was worth 10 million and is now worth 6.8, he's both annoyed and anxious, but he pretty much didn't lose his ability to buy or invest in anything that we might put in front of him, right? So the first chore is to be selling to people for whom price is not the determinant. The second thing is to make good value propositions because people now feel like they should be more thoughtful and responsible about their spending. And the third thing is to make sure you give them the ability to rationalize the choice, to feel good about saying yes to you about this thing at this time. That was Dan Kennedy. His website is magneticmarketing.com. I highly recommend you watch the entire talk on YouTube. It is called Dan Kennedy, Success in New Economy, Part One. He also has a book called Something About Success in the New Economy as well. He has another one about pricing your products. I think it's called Price Elasticity, I believe. And so uh, check those out. Also, Marketing to the Affluent is another great book that I read of his. And so read as many Dan Kennedy books as you possibly can if you are an entrepreneur. Uh, They are game changers of books. All right, my friends, have a great weekend, and I will see you on Monday. I'm out. Peace. Peace.